You're listening to Icetown Clowns, a podcast covering every episode of the hit NBC TV show, Parks and Recreation. I'm Kirk. I'm Jacob. And I'm Tess. Hello, Tess. You are our second stand-in in two weeks for Katie, who is recuperating well from the birth of her child and enjoying the generous parental leave benefits that this podcast offers. But tell us, who are you? I'm Tess. I re- regularly rewatch Parks and Recreation with my cat, Finnegan, and uh, Jacob and I were recently on a Parks and Rec trivia team that won out of 50 teams. So really? we won a lot of beer money, and I think I earned my place on this podcast. So you can tell me, just between you and me, how much did you carry Jacob in that trivia contest? I mean, let's be clear. There was like maybe one or two instances where we had to consult him, but me and our friend Eva had it pretty down. There we go. Very good. It's accurate. (laughs) But that's what you're for. The white male input. Yep. I'm here for jokes, and that's what I did that night. Let's go. Hey, you know, never underestimate the self-confidence of a mediocre white male. And Jacob isn't even mediocre, so... Read that either way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bobby Newport. <laughs> uh, by the way, congratulations on your aunt's big win uh, this week in D.C., Jacob. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. She got the government reopened. We love Aunt Nancy. She's the best. And if you don't agree, there are other Parks and Rec podcasts you can listen to. And they don't create new episodes anymore. And they never got all the way through the show. So, ha. Here we are. <laughs> You're stuck with us fucking liberals. Yep. Okay. So this week we are discussing, or this fortnight, I should say, we are discussing the 14th episode of the fourth season, Operation Anne. This episode was directed by Morgan Sackett and written by Aisha Muharrar. Um, and originally aired on February 2nd, 2012. The uh, plot synopsis on Wikipedia is Leslie is determined to find Anne a date for Valentine's Day while Ben struggles with a scavenger hunt and Chris is depressed about his love life. Which, you know, like all these synopses, pretty accurate. But before you get to Valentine's Day, you have to have Galentine's Day. So we see our second, is that, I think our second visit with Leslie and her Galentine's Day group having lunch and distributing Galentine's Day presents. Yep. Can yep. we talk about how Galentine's Day is now being monetized by Target? There are legit Galentine's Day decorations that you can purchase. I highly recommend the No Boys Allowed banner. Well, given how when I watch shows from NBC on Hulu, two-thirds of the ads appear to be for Target, they probably have earned that or purchased it one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, so um, this year, Leslie gave everyone pillows with their face and the headline from the newspaper on the day they were born and her mother was born on the day that stalin died not that she's implying a direct replacement yeah we just watched the death of stalin highly Uh, recommend it's a 10 out of 10 it's a great documentary uh that i think uh jeffrey tambor does a great job in uh as does uh uh jason isaac as uh, all actors do in many documentaries 
It's basically the Veep of 1953. Good to know. Jason Isaac, of course, best known for his role as Captain Lorca in the first season of Star Trek Discovery. Or that time he almost took Donna from Josh in the West Wing. Yeah, no. Lorca. Lorca's much cooler. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Took an Uh, entire empire to kill Lorca. Do do, do you have any good headlines from the day either of you were born? Uh, Bill Clinton was in Portland the day I was born. You're also from Portland. That's relevant. Okay. I don't know what happened in the world on the day I was born, so let's go back and see. I can't find it online. So, no, you didn't tell us you're going to ask this question, so we did absolutely no preparation. The, uh, the, 1980, the 1985 Bears won the uh, won the Super Bowl the day that I was born. Of and course, Jacob comes in hot with a sports reference. That's I awesome. Never... Like that's good because it doesn't really give away the day that you were born. Um, it just sort of references it obliquely. What's your social security number? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, uh, because information is all so private, and Facebook didn't already have it. Um, Let's. Can we talk about uh, Leslie's phone call to Congress, though? The yeah, dear Congress, yeah. it's Leslie again. As a former congressional yeah. intern, dear God, did we get so many letters. As a congressional chief of staff, that wouldn't work, <laughs> right? You can't just write Congress. I mean, you can, but we can tell when that's what you do. <laughs> and we don't respond to the, here is an email to every member of the House. Like, so, how many conversations a year with her congressman or woman, but it's Indiana, so man, do you think Leslie has per year? I mean, you know she goes to those town halls. Do you think they have town halls? Have you? Good I mean, I, I am assuming, based on zero evidence, that the uh, congressperson from Pawnee is likely a Republican. So they probably were having town halls in 2010, mm. but have mm-hmm. since discontinued that practice. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it was early enough. We, we still did those things. Yes. But do you think that the people of Pawnee would be lobbying for or against affordable health care? <laughs> uh, probably they just want their giant soft drinks. So they're definitely, they're definitely lobbying against the requirement that restaurants put calorie counts on menus. They definitely want diabetes to be a pre-existing condition, though. Well, for everyone in that town, it basically is. Um, Don't you just get it by drinking the water? <laughs> probably. Doesn't because Sweetums produce fl- the water? Because of fluoride. Because of tea dazzle. Don't scare oh. the people, Jacob. <laughs> okay, fluoride. fine. Um, Speaking of fluoride, I read an article this week about a terrifying subreddit that is literally full of kids in high school and middle schools asking people for advice on how to get the vaccinations their parents didn't get them when they were children without having to get their parents' permission. TBH, smart kids. Yep. But seriously, this is what we have have come to in some places in this country. Uh, Yeah. We do, we do probably need to add a health disclaimer here about something that happens in this episode. Um, if you're going to leave your side piece in the car, um, please do more than roll the window down. Um, <sighs> make sure that they're able to escape. It can get hot in a car, and um, you know not all side pieces sweat the way that the rest of us do. As Eleanor Shellstrop's mom on The Good Place learned, <laughs> it can get hot in cars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a good show. 
We will do that one next. Ooh. Wow, bold declaration without Katie. I'm into it. <laughs> this is what happens when she leaves. The men just make the decision. Oh, good. That always works out well for us. So oh, going back okay. to the episode and Donna's side piece, can I just say as a single woman, it is incredibly difficult to get men to actually engage with you as a human being and wait for you in a car. They're so ADD as a species that it is impossible to get them to focus on you long enough to actually commit. I Sitting have in a car. really no problem yes. whatsoever <laughs> engaging with women communicating with them and generally having very productive and normal relationships with them yeah most gay men are better than straight men oh point yeah <laughs> sometimes i forget i'm gay i'm just gonna not touch that one um i would prefer uh, that uh, <laughs> so also preferring that is Anne, who has no love life right now <laughs> which leslie apologizes for putting Anne on the spot at work, and then as Anne walks away, whispers to herself, "Oh, Anne, you beautiful spinster." <laughs> a term <laughs> you don't really hear anymore. Uh, it's it's such a good example of the complexities of what I imagine goes on in female friendships. <laughs> and uh, Tegan just looked at me like, "Is that an okay thing to say?" Tess, the listeners can't hear your glares. <laughs> I need, well, the, like, an eye roll noise. The the 3,200 people joining us on our video live feed right now, though, they can see every every glare and sideways, you know, glance. So Yeah, and anybody who doesn't follow the video live feed is a loser. Right. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> the, video, the video live feed is brought to you by Blue Apron. <laughs> a better way to feed. <laughs> just a jar of mayonnaise um exactly so we cut to a staff meeting where we get one of the famous ron swanson gifts yes uh, i'm so happy that you're all here today cut to leslie that's really nice of you ron cut back to ron in front of a plate of ribs i was speaking to the ribs it and Which it's look as good. always and it's as always in the parks department and with Leslie is when Leslie's involved, a great use of government funds. Yeah, this is so illegal. Right? <laughs> like and it then it crosses a lot of boundaries. It crosses so many boundaries, though I respect any effort to get Ryan Gosling into any PowerPoint presentation. But Tom's joke was fireable. <gasps> that was literally fireable. Yeah. The Tom in this episode has not aged well, which is fortunate because we're not heading into anything that has aged worse next week. Um, but this didn't age well. Probably it wasn't good at the time, but it really isn't good today. I mean, Tom towards the end of this episode is doesn't know how to handle himself on a first date awkward, less skeezy predator as he is at this staff meeting, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, I think what, they, what they're trying to do here is is make it so that it becomes palatable to put Tom and Anne together. And so we've got to recast things as Tom's lovable and a little bit awkward, not a complete creep no one should engage with who should not be welcome in polite society. Yeah, this is why we don't always trust TV shows. But this also might be the episode where Tom turns the corner we've been waiting for him to turn 
for three and a half seasons now, right? We've been waiting for a decent human being. Well, the Tom we vaguely remember as being awkward and sometimes inappropriate, but not creepy, actually emerges. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that's what happens after this and that that memory isn't just a complete fabrication. Like, I'm beginning to wonder if it is. I, it, it's it's yeah. it, we'll see. Maybe this is the day Tom Haverford becomes president. <laughs> We've been waiting three and a half years for that page to turn to. No. Um, Speaking right, of which, question for but, you guys: What would your acronyms be? What? What would your acronyms be? Effervescent. Oh. Ask. Oh, this would this really would have required preparation. Because you need someone who's mean to you. <laughs> Look, all I care about is that whatever <laughs> words you use to describe me, that the acronym spells Beagle. Yes, yes, or Punky. Right. Um, I don't know. Well, like, maybe we'll have to open that up and, and, and get back to you next week. It's a fair question, but not one I've given a great deal of thought. Twitter poll! <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We can yeah. Twitter poll. We can... Twitter pull the acronyms of what kind of woman Jacob needs. Let's please, <laughs> yeah. for the love of God, not do that. Our previous Twitter polls have not gone well for Jacob. I'm just going to say. That... <laughs> they rarely do. Water, yeah. Water's wet, though. No, it isn't. Okay. Fair uh, so the surface of water, which has a liquid <laughs> water tension, does convey wetness to things that have contact with it. But actually Thank inside you. of water inside of water where water itself is the medium you're suspended in it's not actually what we would consider wet thank you thank you what i have been saying for months and this one the mediocre white man i'm sitting next to will not accept my argument it's wet there is a there is a powder that you can put on like your hand or a stick or something that when you put it into water the powder adheres to the surface tension water at the top so your hand can go into the water and then come out without ever actually breaking the surface tension and your hand is not wet i saw it on mr wizard okay we're gonna move on from mr the earth is flat here Um, you know what was what jacob were those vaccines that you should have received as a child I, did I, you not I, get vaccines? i got all my vaccines i got all of them <laughs> for those of you who aren't watching the video feed i just scooted an entire foot away from jacob i, got, I do not want the measles i got Ooh. all of my vaccines uh, just because i was born in california does not mean <laughs> that i did not get my vaccines okay jenny mccarthy okay all right we're three minutes into this episode. Let's keep rolling. Great. <laughs> ben, ben has purchased a Valentine's Day present for Leslie that is a stuffed animal that looks like a character from one of her dreams. In response, yes, in her response, she has purchased for him a codex, which if he decodes it, will give him a clue that will send him on a scavenger hunt across the city of Pawnee, which is pretty fucking awesome if you ask me. Oh, it's great. It's great. It may be a little too involved, but it's a great idea. But if it was, it's Leslie. If it's not too involved, it's not a Leslie Note project. No, that's fair. Uh, when, I was a, when I was a kid, a little kid, my dad would do scavenger hunts at Christmas for my brother and me to find our big present of the year. And then when I became, you know, in my late teens, my brother and I 
started doing scavenger hunts for my dad, which were far more involved and intricate. And at one point involved him driving all over the city of Dallas, you know, because we had taken his car and driven it off and hidden it somewhere, and he had to find it. The the night before, my brother, who was like 18, was driving me, I was 21, and blitzed around Dallas as we taped clues to the bottom of like slides in parks and uh, on one of the columns (laughs) at my dad's fraternity house on his college campus, where we did get stopped by a a police officer who was a little confused why some kid was running around in a Santa Claus hat, a t-shirt, and shorts in the middle of December um on SMU's campus but I was pretty smooth and I talked my way out of the situation. Uh, what a good story. Yes. I yep. do feel I do feel like Ben would figure out this puzzle though. But we never actually find out what the answer is, so we don't know if it was something he could reasonably decode. However, we well, Ron we does expedite it a little bit. I was saying, yes. Ron seems to find the solution. Um <laughs> And there's another clue inside, which makes Ron inordinately happy. Meanwhile, there's a dance. Apparently the city throws a dance because Pawnee has a budget problem. So this is what they're doing. They're paying for a giant dance for all the couples in the city, which doesn't appear to be that many. But then again, I guess if you spend all your time eating candy bars, you don't have a lot of time to date. Um, And Chris is doing the music poorly. And Jerry brought a date for Anne poorly. And he also probably <laughs> owes that date $300. Wait, you're not supposed to find your dates on Craigslist? So this is the thing. Like, <laughs> he found them in the man for man section of Craigslist. <laughs> but it's implied that the guy is a, is a male escort, which I don't think that's what actually was on Craigslist. But Craigslist is gone now for that sort of thing. So who even knows? I, I, I have limited thoughts on the adult friends section of Craigslist, but I will say that Sad Rob Lowe here is so good. It's so good. Rob Lowe, yes. the perpetual optimist, does look like he's 25 still, even nah, years later. Nah. Fair I'd enough. say 30. He looks 30. <laughs> I'll okay. give him 30. Well, uh, he looks amazing still. He is... Uh, timeless, and yet his sad Rob Lowe is is just the epitome of comedy. Um, it's it's phenomenal every time. Uh, topped only by Andy and Ron's mutual bleeping uh, <laughs> of their first guess at what the codex might be. I mean, it's the third date. That's what you're supposed to do on the third date. Yeah, but it was implied pretty heavily that this relationship moved more slowly than one would have thought in the mm. third season when all this happened. Mm. I remember having yeah. conversations about that. So God, Leslie's such a classy lady. Well, she is. You know, she is. But, but, you know, also Ben, apparently not a jerk, which is a big plus for Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Showing how great straight white men can be. <laughs> yes. Don't push it, Jacob. <laughs> Going back to straight white men being great, though, the murals in Pawnee City Hall have some interesting names, most of which involve the word slaughter. But my three favorite favorite are Eating the Reverend, Death Everywhere, and It's Raining Blood. I mean, basically, could be both Native Americans or your end of the world scenario. 
Adam, oh, I Adam's... definitely presumed that it was the white people eating the reverend because they didn't know how to grow anything that they could eat the honey, <laughs> and they were reduced to to chowing down on some clergy. Uh, I, 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 we have to shout out again, Adam Scott's glance to the camera here. He is he is a master of it. I know that the office had really pushed this pretty far with Jim doing it, but I think Adam Scott really takes it to another level. He's better at this than Jim Halpert. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, th- and then we get to meet Oren at the dance again, and Oren is always good. I love <laughs> this guy. So one thing I noticed in this episode that I haven't noticed before is Oren's black nail polish manicure is on point. I want to know where in Pawnee he gets that done. I assume he <laughs> does it himself like any good emo kid. <laughs> You know, I think there's actually instructions on the like the the album liner on most My Chemical Romance CDs. Mm. Welcome to the Black Parade. Here's your black yes. polish. Uh, that's a great song, particularly since yes. they like they wrote a minute and a half song and like and then we're gonna make it a full song by singing it once <laughs> and then just singing it again angrier. <laughs> it really feel fills the void in my teenage soul. <laughs> I was about to say, granted, is a trick that Panic at the Disco also used several times in their earliest Another incarnations. I love Panic uh, at the Disco. <laughs> and then and then Anne shows up, and we get the classic line that I don't know why I haven't quoted more. Hey, you, we weren't here talking about you. Anyways, uh, Leslie mentions that she's been trying to find a, a guy for, for Anne and considered her dentist, but he's 80 years old and gay, which... I thought Leslie didn't really know many gay people before um, she became the queen of the Pawnee gays a couple of seasons ago. Perhaps, perhaps Leslie's heroism led to this closeted octogenarian finding the courage to come out. Well, Anne, we, we know she's been to, we'll get to whether it's the bulge or pitchers and catchers in a minute where she leaves Ron that clue. True. Also, then Leslie introduces Anne to her lawyer friend, Alex, who is her campaign's lawyer. We got a lot what of are, questions. What <laughs> are they paying him with? What that are they guy, paying with? That guy's going to jail. That is guy's, he getting paid in cash, or is there a check? No, this uh, guy is no. going to jail. He has overseen so many crimes. But also, your campaign lawyer, who signs all your finance reports and sees what you're doing, comes to this party that you're at just to get your best friend hooked up and doesn't turn to you and say why the fuck aren't you doing some call time come on does leslie ever do call time we've never seen leslie never seen that apparently she outsources that to the staff for very unsuccessful fundraising efforts i mean if they were only able to do one tv ad yikes uh one tv ad aired once and we think that it would cost about 75 (laughs) dollars This was our best estimate. Yeah. It was not... This campaign is not really rolling to the point that you can take Valentine's Day off, frankly. Um, Meanwhile, Ben and the gang come to JJ's Diner, which is the result of the second clue, to find the third clue, um, which is whipped cream. And uh, Ben finds it inside a can, while Andy fails to find it while spilling an entire canister of whipped cream all over the table of a couple that are attempting to enjoy their J.J. Diner's um, uh, meal. And Ron 
claims directly to the camera that he hates riddles, even as he gleefully solves yet another riddle and, and demands that he be allowed to split this up and keep going. Yeah. And there are 22 more clues to go. So, yeah, that's a bit rough. Andy with whipped cream is just a great moment. I was wondering yeah. how, did he get it on his forehead? Probably. I mean, it's Andy and he's eating or not eating. He's near food. He's going to get it on him. And it, Chris Pratt, physical comedy. We've talked about it before. Always so good. Back at the party, Tom asks Chris if they can change the music because it sounds like the end of a movie where a monk kills himself, only to find it out was. it is the music from the end of a movie where a monk kills himself. <laughs> I, hope it, I, I hope the movie was Satan's Abbey from uh, Tropic Thunder. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> And then Martin Starr shows up randomly as the proprietor of the Snow Globe Museum, where Leslie has hidden yet another clue, which she had told the uh, Snow Globe Museum docent that she expected that Ben would be by around noon to find this clue. So, yeah. This is a great cameo. I guess it's, is it a cameo? He, they'd already been in Party Down together, so this feels like an intentional Party Down reunion. Or Martin Starr's career really has taken off from where it was. Well, he was in Spider-Man Homecoming for those millennials and Gen Zers who don't know what Party Down is. Party Down is such a great show. I don't know if it's on any of the official streaming or anything like that, but you can find it. Is it on Hulu? Go watch it. Pause this. Go watch all Party Down. There's not much of it. Then come back. We'll be here when you get back. (laughs) We will. It's an amazing thing about podcasts. We're not actually inside your phone. This is just a recording. We had this conversation earlier, so you can pause it if you want. Contrary to what Derek Zoolander might believe. Um, Yes. 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 Back at the party, a guy named Jeff is attempting to compliment Anne by saying, telling Leslie, you didn't tell me your friend was so beautiful, but not as beautiful as my sister, but you know, you can't change the law. It's very Donald Trump Jr. of him. That is exactly what I was thinking. I mean, I was going to go with Game of Thrones and how all of America is rooting for incest real hard in, like, two weeks. Uh, except that the, the incest twins on Game of Thrones are not on the same side anymore. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Fine. But there's the other incest. Cousin other incest, incest is what every... Or yeah. Aunt, Aunt nephew. nephew, sorry. That's yeah. the one everybody's really Get your into. Get relationships right, Jacob. Uh, I, it's been a minute. It's been a minute since I've caught up. Yeah, that starts in two weeks. No, it doesn't. It was a metaphor. It starts in okay. April. Two okay, because I was hoping to rewatch the up. whole show uh, before we get to the last episodes. I don't think Fine. I'm going to have time now. Everybody's uh. rooting really hard for incest between an aunt and her nephew in Game of Thrones. So what's wrong with Jeff and his sister? It's Is it outlawed under Indiana law? Uh, okay. Brother-sister relationships, I'm pretty sure, are outlawed under all state laws. Like, this isn't like the gray area of certain cousins, right? <laughs> what level of cousin? Uh, the uh, I, I do wonder why it does seem that this episode is implying that the single men available in the dating pool are less than perfect. Hmm, uh, I wonder why. Such a mystery. That, that would seem to be part of the implication here, and I don't understand it. Though, honestly, they're all being compared to Adam Scott, so none of them are going to measure up. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Yep. 
So other people who have been brought to the party to win Anne's affections include someone who's been to 308 fish concerts and an amateur juggler. So great choices. Even Tom, even Tom knew that wasn't a good opening. Nope. That was your opening line, man. <laughs> TBH, though, I would be interested in somebody opening with juggling. Like, I'd be interested to see how they pull it off. Mostly they, for the they, experience. They, they, they throw multiple balls in the air and then they keep like. That means they're good with their hands. Okay, we're moving on. Um, also, we don't know that it's juggling balls. He could be juggling chainsaws, machetes, things that are on fire, toddlers. If, if, there are more interesting things to juggle. All right. If you juggle chainsaws and you just open with the word juggling, like I've, I, 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 like I have a different problem. You are underselling yourself, sir. But he doesn't. He doesn't want to brag, right? You don't. You don't start mm. out with the most impressive thing about yourself. You want them to to learn it that after they've been kind of. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I need to make notes. That's not. You, you don't. Okay, fair enough. Um, then we go to Ron. It Ron. It do. Do we think this is pitchers and catchers or the bulge? I it couldn't, says the you bulge know. On the outside. Did it say the bulge? Okay. okay, so it's the bulge. Yeah, it says the Ron bulge is on popular. the outside, and there's a bulge flag hanging. And I know because I was closely watching the set because it kind of looks like the snake hole. Mm, oh, I'm sure it that's... is the snake hole. Yeah. No, what, what I'm sure it is is that like a lot of towns, they had architects who just reused designs when putting places in, you know, along mm-hmm. streets mm-hmm. and things. So it's the same floor plan, but it's certainly not just the set redecorated. Definitely not. I will say the the line reading from Nick Offerman of gentlemen is note perfect. I mean, Duke Silver Poles, man. Yeah. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> All demographics. Yep. Um Andy finds a clue which he carefully pulls out of a display case without breaking the glass, only to break the glass while celebrating the fact that he didn't break the glass. Um meanwhile, Chris and Leslie have a heart-to-heart conversation uh, about his his sadness over his recent breakup and the fact that Leslie thinks he doesn't look a day over 30 while most people say 25. Yeah. This is the However, moment where he gives Jerry that look, right? Mm-hmm. The longing. Uh, so, yeah. I think it's actually a little bit earlier, but yeah. he, gives, he When he talks about how Jerry is 50% you know, ident- genetically identical to his... Millicent? Millicent, yes, and starts glaring at Jerry in a way that is equally as inappropriate under his rules as the Ben and Leslie relationship. <laughs> it is it is full of emotion. A lot is conveyed in that look. Right. And then, just in case you're confused about what year this episode is made in, party rock anthem is played at the uh, mm-hmm. at the dance, and people seem to be enjoying it and not tolerating it ironically. So. I think I 2012 had a it is. I'm just listening to that song. <laughs> that, that song just sounds like bad decisions. Um, <laughs> however, I did enjoy this scene because uh, Leslie is at a fountain of chocolate, and now I really want that at my wedding. So, noted. Yeah, yeah, no, that looks good if you like chocolate. I do like yeah, chocolate. Jacob doesn't like chocolate. For all those who don't know weird Jacob's weird tastes, it's my wait, wait. least favorite thing about him. Wait, oh, no. Tess. So, Tess, has Jacob told you he can't drink beer? Because that's Jacob a fucking told lie. Me he can't drink 
beer literally every single time we go out somewhere. But that's a fucking lie. It's fine because we bonded over whiskey. He can drink beer. He just doesn't like to drink beer. He can drink beer. I have seen him drink beer. I feel betrayed. (laughs) So I'm wondering, Jacob, Jacob, do you say you don't eat chocolate just so people will stock more expensive desserts for you? (laughs) The way you do beer and whiskey? On the advice of counsel, I refuse to answer. Katie's not here. Katie's not here. (laughs) (laughs) On the advice of counsel, I refuse to answer the question. For all those wondering, he's doing the Roger Stone victory (laughs) salute right now. Definitely the sign of an innocent man. Well, he does have the tattoo to go with that salute. So, Um. (laughs) I saw a great tweet today that was like, Roger Stone is making all of us normal guys with Richard Nixon tattoos look really weird. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite thing from the news yesterday was when the Nixon Presidential Library tweeted a statement distancing themselves from Roger Stone. <laughs> but did you guys see that Roger Stone didn't actually like have a real job at the White House? He was just another fellow George Washington University alumni who lied about how in-depth his White House internship actually was. But no, that, there's actually a major in how to do that at the George Washington University. I know. That's what I graduated in. Yes, well, I, I didn't know you were alumni when, since you forgot the article. They, they really pressed that article in their name. <laughs> so, Anne and Leslie talk about Anne's dating troubles, and she thanks Leslie for all the creepy men that Leslie has foisted upon her at this party and leaves. Leslie follows her out to try to get a drink, but notices that Anne is putting on makeup. That and the fact that the music has dramatically improved. Again, it's 2012, so Party Rock Anthem was considered an improvement. Makes <laughs> Anne think that Chris it makes Leslie think that Anne and Chris are hooking up. Dun dun dun. <gasps> yes. How Meanwhile, Ben has found clues nine, three, and four, which doesn't make sense because they all found clue three. It was at JJ's diner. And Ron has found clues 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. And Andy has found clues 8 and 22, which makes me think that Leslie is having Ben zigzag all over the fucking city in this thing. Yes. If, if, hey, if, hey, if Andy you got to give Andy credit. He also found that weird stick. I agree. I agree. My thing is they're like, well, what do we do now? There are 25 clues. They have clue 22. Like, maybe yeah. read it. And go find clue 23. Like, it feels to me like you're on the downhill slope here. I'm sorry. Again, are we shocked that a group of straight white men didn't automatically come to the logical conclusion of this? I don't know. Sometimes you come up with the right answer. I I can't answer the question on the grounds that I might incriminate myself. I do think that Nick Offerman shows off where he got the swag to be Duke Silver in this episode when he perfectly analyzes Leslie to realize where that last Mm. clue is going to be. Yep. How does Nick Offerman have no Emmys for this? Like, this is is an episode that made me really wonder. This should have been his submission episode and he should have won for it. What was winning? What was winning at the time? Yourself? Uh, yeah, I think that Kelsey Grammer did that for like 10 years. <laughs> he, Before my time. 
people, I mean, people win Emmys for, for being themselves all, all the time on TV. I, he, must, he was probably up against uh, Alec Baldwin at this point. Did Alec Baldwin win a lot of Emmys for 30 Rock? I don't know. I'd have to look. Did Breaking Bad win Emmys in the drama or comedy categories? Drama. Okay. Um, I don't know. You know, yeah. if we ever thought these things out in advance, we would have looked this stuff up. But yes, we would have. Podcast but is a buy your seats, uh, by the seat of your pants sort of uh, medium. Yeah, here we go. Katie's not here. She's not. She's not. And it shows. <laughs> but we're very happy to have Tess. Um, so then we, we go to the Little Sebastian Memorial. Which is just excellent. Yes. Yes. And Ben pretends that he loves little Sebastian, giving us a, a perfect glance at the camera to really to good man. sink that. Good man. Good I, man. I, I, I'm with him. I don't get it. Okay, Jacob, you can leave. It's just a little horse. It's a little fucking nope. Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have sure. only cried twice in my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leslie tells Ben that she thinks Chris and Anne are on a date, or they should confront him, and Ben is insistent that they go do so. But it turns out that... boyfriend. Yes. And, you know, frankly, he was, like, the most wronged party in Chris's little crazy witch hunt. Right? Um, And so off they go to confront Chris and Anne, and instead they find Anne with Tom? Okay. And April's there. And I understand Anne running some pass blocking at the dance... To help facilitate Anne and Tom getting to go on their little date. That seems right to me. Why is she there, though? Like, when you set somebody up, do you go on the date with them? I mean, she knows Leslie, and she knows that Leslie wouldn't leave it alone. But also, Jacob, I think you're thinking about this too much. That's what I do. (laughs) I I, I think I would test. I think April is there to run interference from the inevitable appearance of Leslie. April is also known for being more observant than people give her credit for. No, no, no. That's fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, can we just say, though, like, everybody on this podcast is on the same page that Anne and Tom are a horrible pairing, and this shouldn't have been allowed to happen. Yeah, like, so I do appreciate that we see Tom actually trying to not be awful on this date and not doing great but he is trying so that's growth but i think they wrote themselves into a corner here like clearly Anne and chris are supposed to be the thing but they undid that and they can't just redo it until they send both characters through a bunch of hell to 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 make it worthwhile right you can't just put Ross and Rachel back together again. You have to pretend like for some reason Rachel would date Joey. <laughs> Why would they ever do that? That seems like a really <laughs> bad idea. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a common secondary character problem for TV shows not to know what to do. So they just start making random couplings. I, I would say it's really unfair, though. Like, Chris gets Millicent Gurgich, who yep. is... Christy Brinkley's daughter and Anne gets 
Tom, are you kidding me? Oh, it's it's completely a problem, and it's particularly a problem that comes up with female characters because you know passing the Bechdel test and having Anne and yep. Leslie have regular conversations that don't involve men every week would just be unimaginably difficult. So we have to put her with a man. Yeah, it's like pairing Rosaria Dawson and Kevin James. Why does that right. happen? Right, but but also like so they pair Anne and Tom and. Anne spends the entire relationship trying to find, you know, spoilers, the good in Tom and struggling with that, right? Trying to find something good about Tom in this. Meanwhile, the the whole Chris Millicent thing was literally just Chris drooling over Millicent in ways that made Jerry really uncomfortable, totally objectifying her and not treating her like a human being with feelings at all. And that was really gross. So essentially, it was a good breakdown of how men and women both fail in relationships. Or in, in my experience, men and men. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. But not anymore. Uh, Love you, Jason. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I Look, Tom doesn't do great here. Um, his... his you know, his consider this alternate plan. Is it a terrible moment from Tom? It's not a great moment from Tom. But um, if this were the worst Tom did, we would find him to be the lovable doofus that we think of him as. But we've seen him be worse than that in this episode. If they were yeah. going to try to turn the corner here, they really should have left out the joke from earlier. Um, yep. Slash... In an episode with Valentine's Day, we could have passed the Bechdel test a little harder or in more than one scene. Retweet. <coughs> Is there a scene? The Valentine's Day brunch. They, I guess... Well, they, they were talking about Stalin. Switch over to talking it about is their Stal- love lives. It is Stalin and their love lives. Yeah. Is there, I, no, is there no other I, element I, to that conversation? Do we manage I mean, to have a Galentine's Day episode where we don't pass the Bechdel test? That would be not I, good. I think we actually do because, uh, The yeah. whole episode revolves around finding Anne a date. Yep. And mm-hmm. even if you just count the exchange between mm-hmm. her, Leslie and her mother as a separate conversation in the Galentine's Day scene, it's about Stalin. So, yeah, that's a dude. A really bad one, but still a dude. But, yeah, fair enough. Um, and then we get the tag at the end with Ron begging for, for riddles, which is just... We, I want to love something as much as Ron loves riddles. Oh, noted. <laughs> yeah, you should, have, you should get a beagle. They're basically as good as riddles. Oh, she has a cat. We doesn't need another. Doesn't need another. Pet. So my cat thinks Jacob is his best friend, but Jacob is very insistent that my cat is not his best friend. It's all true. It's all of it. I would contest that Jacob and Finn are much closer than Jacob would admit to. Yeah, well, fair enough. Um, yeah, no. The um, it's a good scene. Do we like? Talking spoilers, do we see Ron get... Ron, Ron does get more puzzles at some point, right? I don't know if we ever see that. I look forward to discovering that along with our viewers as we continue along in the show. Okay, okay, okay. Fair enough. So any overall thoughts about this episode? I mean, it was pretty... It was a pretty good picture of what it's like 
dating currently. Like, I really felt like all the dudes that Anne was meeting are dudes I've swiped left on Tinder over and over and over again. Yeah, I, I think this is a good episode. We've 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 kind of hit our peak. Uh, the revelation that there's a Valentine's Day episode where we don't pass the Bechdel test is one that's probably going to hang with me. Um, but I I think it's a um, we've talked before. This is a show that is at its peak in its stride. I don't know that there's a great deal of plot advancement. There's some not great stuff to come as a basis of decisions that start here. But I think overall. This is just a very funny show, and this is the parks we all remember. This is the parks we love. Fundamentally, the election is in three months, and Leslie is throwing a party for her friend to get her a boyfriend, and that is not a good use of candidate time. So I have to be opposed to this episode. If it was in another season, maybe, but come on, Leslie, do some call time. If, if we were to ding every episode where Leslie doesn't do call time, we couldn't like any of what is maybe the best season of Parks and Recreation. Pretty sure I've dinged all of them so far for her not doing well, call time. Well, it's fair. <laughs> I mean, as a congressional chief of staff, I, re- I respect that. <laughs> yeah, even I do more call time than Leslie does. <laughs> yeah. All right, well... Thank you so much, Tess. Do you have any other thoughts about the episode? Anything else you'd like to say before uh, before we wrap this up? Thank you guys so much for having me. This was really fun. Yes. Well, thank you for being here, and thank you all for listening. If you would like to find out more about our sh- podcast or track us as we're doing this, you can follow us at Twitter at Icetown Clowns, Icetown Clown Pod. Um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash icetownclowns. And our website is www.icetownclowns.com. Of course, you can find us at the Apple Podcast Store, the Google Podcast Store, Stitcher, wherever you get these files. Obviously, you've gotten these files. You're listening to our show. While you're downloading them, though, please leave us a review. It really helps us grow our audience. And we appreciate everybody who has shared their thoughts so far. We really appreciate it. You've been listening to Icetown Clowns, a podcast about parks and recreation that we are at the end of. And that end is now. Now.